Hello there, I am Kid Champagne Matthew Haberman, and we are back with another edition of Nostalgia Time with Kid Champagne. However, tonight is a very different night here. We are still in our Horror Month celebration, but tonight I am taking the back seat. Yes, I will am relieving my lead host duties tonight, and I'm shifting it over to my good friend, the host of Unger the Radar. Tonight he is the host of Kid of Nostalgia Time with Kid Champagne, Mr. Randy Unger. Randy, thank you for taking on, and I know you have a great topic tonight. Take it away. Thank you so much, Matt. This is exciting. It's different, um, but we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. And uh, the topic of conversation for this evening, uh, since this is horror month on Nostalgia Time, we're going to talk uh, a bit about um, one of the masters of horror, Mr. John Carpenter, um, the great filmmaker who has had about half a century worth of great films, mostly in the horror and science fiction genres. Um, and he is known for so many great films, uh, most notably uh, Halloween and the wonderful franchise that has spawned from that first film uh, in 1978. Uh, we've also got some great films uh, in the horror genre, The Thing, which is a remake of a, The Thing from Another World, the 1950s film. Um, you know, he's done so much. Uh, another highlight for me, Big Trouble in Little China, so much fun, combining uh, martial arts, comedy, and action in one. Plus, you've got Kurt Russell, uh, a repeat uh, collaborator with Carpenter, who's made, uh, done a bunch of films with him as well. I believe his first was the TV movie uh, Elvis, in which he played the king of rock and roll there. Um John Carpenter, you know, he, he's a fantastic filmmaker. He's been around since uh, the late 60s. His first film, Captain Voyeur, which was a eight-minute uh, student film, a short film he did. And from there, he basically skyrocketed. Uh, he did a, a science fiction film, uh, which was very weird, called Star, uh, Dark Star, which I actually saw a couple of years ago at the Nighthawk Cinema. And after that... Um, most notably, I mentioned Halloween. That's really the movie that that brought him into mainstream success. Uh, you know, he followed that with The Fog, and uh, just you know, Escape from New York. Thank. How could I? I almost left that out, <laughs> right? And we're in, you know, we, I mean, we are in New York on, on top of that. So. Yes, yes, yes. So I think that is one of my favorite Carpenter films because it, it's it's just so. It's action-packed, it's, it's well-acted, the pacing is near-perfect. It's got Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken. And, uh, and that John Carpenter score. Mwah. Thank you. Yes, also Carpenter is known for his music in the last decade or so. He's kind of taken a back seat uh, to filmmaking and, and focused a little more on his concert pieces. Uh, as, his a, as a recording and touring artist. Yeah, yeah. Nothing more, um, nothing more chilling is his theme from the from Halloween, and it's yes. I just love, I love the Halloween. It just gives you that chills in the eyes that something's gonna happen. I love it. I can't play it around one of my daughters, Birdie, or even uh, even do it with my mouth because she'll start freaking out. <laughs> the 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 theme that's so much scarier than the movie. <laughs> 
and so Halloween is the movie that that really made a, a name for himself. And um, you know, it, it's just it, the pacing is great. It's it's creepy as hell, and uh, it's appropriate uh, tonight. This month, horror month, especially that they revisited the franchise with ha- Halloween Kills, and uh, yeah, Matt, Matt Hayward, Min's excited there. Tom has the uh, the props, the um, the memorabilia. <laughs> I also want to mention that Mr. Forrest, I've seen your pictures that you went to Michael Myers' house. I, yeah, I was yeah because I was in I was in LA last weekend uh, for my for my childhood friend's wedding. And uh, I went. And I, I went to the. I went to the original Myers house in Pasadena. Uh, also, but I, also, but I just hit, went there. I went to several other filming locations from the, from those from uh, from that first movie, uh, the hardware store, which is actually just one like one door over from the Myers house. Because hmm. uh, because back because like a few, about a few, about uh, like a decade or so ago, uh, the Myers house was uh, moved from its original location to just right down the street. Wow. Um, it's now an office building. What what uh, neighborhood is that? What area? Uh, Pasadena. Pasadena. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so I went there. So I went there. I also found. Uh, also went to Lori Strode's house. The owner of that house is so. She's she's so sweet. Oh. She let she has a pumpkin out on her front stoop for fans to take to, to pose with. Oh wow. Um. Also, the, also the bush where Michael where Michael where Lori sees Mike sees Michael duck behind. Uh, I found that. Did they did they mark it like a special occasion? Yes, it, okay. it's marked. It's That's marked. Cool. <laughs> and uh, also, um, also, and then and then I went over, headed over to Hollywood to find, and where I found the uh, found the uh, Doyle and Wallace houses. Nice. Added bonus, like one block over from that, from those houses, is the Nightmare on Elm Street house, which huh. actually was used as the interior of Lori Strode's house. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, Wes Craven. That's a, that's another topic for another another show. I think. But um, but yeah, that was like a that was like a but yeah, that was a but, but yeah, that whole like like self I, it was a self guided tour, basically a self guided tour. Did you feel like you were in the movie? Yes. Oh, was it like spatially the same? Like it was the same? Like you could it was across the street. You can like it must have felt like you were actually there, like uh, in the movie. Kind kind of. The, the only thing is the wall is that the so the Myers house, the Myers house, the, wall, the har- hardware store, uh, the uh, Lori's house, and the Bush. Yeah, those are all in Pasadena, like within blocks of each other. Okay. Whereas uh, the Dwell and Wallace houses are all the way over in Hollywood, oh. which is a bit of a which I had to, I, had to, I had to get a lift to get up to get over there. So it wasn't like the same as yeah. yeah the so, so it's like no wonder that Sheriff Brackett was telling Lori and Annie, "Aren't you going to be late?" Because mm-hmm. uh, you know those, those how they're, they're the house the kids are going to babysit are, are on the other side of town. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I went, and when I went to the Myers house, Michael was there. Oh really? Yes, Michael Myers. So I got a picture. I got a picture with him. Was it a, a an actual guy in a suit? Yes, in a mask. In a suit and a shatter mask. Wow. Okay. I love it. Um, but I think with Halloween, the original especially, it's it really is the music that makes it. Yeah. Makes it that more that much more frightening. And I think the cinematography too. Yeah. Because uh, you know Carpenter tends to use a very has very like minimal, uh, minimal lighting. Right on a lot of his move on a lot of his productions. Yeah, yeah. Escape from New York, particularly very dark. Assault on Precinct Thirteen, The Fog, kind of very similar. All, all three films actually very similar. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're all very atmospheric, which yeah. is uh, a trademark. And with Escape from New York, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I love the movie, uh, but I actually I love putting it on when I when I want it, when I go to sleep because it's it's kind of a quiet movie, you know. It, I don't know something about it. It's like warm. That is one movie I haven't seen. I'm sorry. Oh my! Oh, I'm, 
watch that I've seen that so many times I've seen it in theaters at least three times oh. come over come over we're gonna watch that one night one of the many Carpenter films that I showed for Cult Cafe I feel like I got through a good chunk of them too yeah uh, I mean it, it's like I guess we, we did it for like four years and it feels like a short time but like we did Big Trouble we did Starman we did Escape from New York we did In the Mouth of Madness um, you were there from In the Mouth of Madness. Yep. Did you so yeah. on his birthday? <laughs> Matt, did you do Memoirs of Invisible Man though? Memoirs of Invisible Man, we did not. Did? Do. We oh did no, we did They Live. Um, Actually, I remember they live. I remember you guys did They Live for the Retro Picture Show. Oh yeah, did, yeah, you did that too. Yeah, but we did that um, was one of the. It was one of the first. Um, one of the first cult cafes we did was They Live. I think it was the, the second or third one. I wish I had Starman, though. Yeah. Did you guys do The Fog? The Fog we didn't do. Uh, I, I think I, I was going to do it one year, and then uh, Summer Camp or uh, Retro did it. Like Retro, no, Retro Picture Show was going to do The Fog, but then the, but then the pandemic. Right, the, yeah, we were going to show it, then they were going to show it, and then no one ended up showing it. Oh. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> Another one that, that doesn't really get a lot of attention, uh, Prince of Darkness. Yes. Yeah. That was his return to indie horror. Yeah. Right he did that right after Big Trouble. Yeah. <laughs> we got Alice Cooper in that movie. Yep. <laughs> That's one movie I did enjoy, Big Trouble in Little China. It had – it was – so fun. fun. It's a fun it's, movie. It's, it's, Nostalgia 80s galore. I, I just yeah. love it. And I think it was the same year they came out with The Golden Child. Yes, same summer. And they wanted a, they wanted Carpenter to direct that. Yeah. But, or something, there was an issue there. But they were basically, they both dealt with Chinese uh, legends and mysticism and, and, and magic. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'd say, I mean, I've seen both, but I'd say, I know. personally find, I've, I, I find that Big Troll in China has the hot. Has higher replay value oh, than the Golden Child. It's more enjoyable. Uh, it's funnier, and you've got Kurt Russell being Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. So you can't go wrong there. Um, I mean, I love Eddie Murphy, but Kurt Russell is so good in Big Trouble. And that ending with that monster uh, on the back of the truck—that's they're actually 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 because uh, in addition to being a recording art a recording artist, Carpenter's also been spending the last decade writing comic books. Mm. And he wrote, and he wrote a Big Trouble in Little China comic book that falls, that picks up right where the movie lo- lo- uh, oh, really? leaves off. Is it amazing? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I wonder how much that comic is worth. Um, I mean, it's, it's only, it only came out in the last decade, so you can get it on trade paperback. Mm-hmm. I to me, it really felt like the, se- the Big Trouble in Little China sequel we should have got. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe we'll get that that Dwayne Johnson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you should have gotten that sequel instead of Escape from L.A. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Wow. That was so disappointing. Although I don't know, Escape from LA is a, is a guilty pleasure for me. Really? I, I don't know. I, was, I, I, I liked it enough to buy it on Laserdisc when it came out. So <laughs> I, I mean, I mean I it's, a, it's a guilty pleasure for myself as well. I mean, yeah. I can see why people hate it, but I mean, I know I just found it fun to watch. I just love Kurt Russell so much. I, I don't hate it. I just I was really let down. Disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. It took them what. Uh, 15 years, 
But let's go back a little bit, guys. Uh, 1982, we've got one of the greatest sci-fi uh, horror hybrids, The Thing. Oh, my God. Whenever I see The Thing, whenever I see that dog sequence, you know, yes. <laughs> it's really disgusting. Oh, yeah. It's uh, the, the visual effect artist, uh, forget his name. Uh, I think it was Rob, Rob, Botan, Rob Botan. Right. And I don't know if, if he was nominated for an Academy Award. He should have. If he wasn't, but I mean, it was a critically well, reviled movie when it came out. Yeah, and I feel I kind of feel I felt like it seems like because it seems like uh, that's each because you know it came out the same summer as ET. Right. So it kind of ruined it kind of ruined like all, all like science fiction and all alien movies. Right. For that summer. Yeah, and maybe for and maybe for for, the, for about half of the eighties, because audiences wanted a more like family friendly adventure yes. instead of this disgusting dogs, you know, mutating into this horrible bloody creature. Um, yeah, same summer. That's quite a summer for alien movies. Yeah, I mean, um, also, I mean, you had because uh, you had Thing, ET, yeah. uh, Star Trek Two, The Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and then also just for sci-fi in general, you had Blade Runner and Tron. Yeah, it was a good year actually. <laughs> now that you mentioned those. Um, it was a great summer for sci-fi. Yeah, and and more sci-fi action. Well, not action, but it's more of a romantic drama in the Starman, uh, starring Jeff Bridges, who was actually nominated for an Oscar for that. Uh, uh, as Peter Venkman says, you occasionally you meet a nice yeah, guy. Yeah. Starman, ET. But then they just turn out to be some kind of lizard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, yeah. Great, great time. Late seventies, early eighties, into maybe the mid to late eighties. I was actually I would say Prime Carpenter was probably the seventies up until about They Live, which was nineteen eighty eight. Yes, that is that's pretty prime right there. And then after that, he gets for me. He he kind of becomes hit. He becomes hit or miss. Yeah, it's such a shame because again, memoirs love it. Uh, needs a, needs more attention. I've, I've kind of, for me, I've kind of, as a horror fan, I've kind of noticed like a lot of the horror, you know, so a lot of these horror reads came up in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Carpenter, Craven, um, Cronenberg. Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper. Um, Clive Barker. Yeah, yeah, Clive Barker, Dario Argento. David, David Cronenberg. And the, it seems like a lot, a lot of them, like their heyday was in the 70s and 80s. And then come the, and then the 90s comes around and they either, like, they either move away from horror like Cronenberg did. Right, right, right. Or they kind of, or they become like kind of start getting you know they start becoming more hit or miss and they fizzle out a little bit fizzle out, yeah well with sidetracking to to cronenberg i think he he, he kind of came back with the history of violence and i try to say existential is kind of though except like as in that in that time period yeah. it was a strange one but, like um, and, and it's like even his stuff that wasn't horror there's it's there, there's always that that body horror element to his work uh yeah. you know in, in a gruesome way because it's like even even something like History of Violence, it's not a horror movie, but like it's as gory as a horror movie. Crash, yeah. crash, yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. yeah. There's uh, there's I mean yeah, an existence. I, I mean it's one of my absolute favorites. I I uh, I love Cronenberg. Yeah, but He's, back to yeah, Carpenter. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to just talk about Halloween and and, and the legacy of this franchise. Even today, you know, I, just last night I went to see uh, Halloween Kills, and oh yeah, it had it had the same feel as the this nineteen seventy eight original. It was just like it, yeah, that's like they really know? did a good job of recreating uh, like Haddonfield, recreating nineteen seventies Haddonfield. Yeah, it felt just like a, like a natural extension of the original universe. Um, <laughs> and, 
I love the, the, the oh, oh the, there the we go. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> as much for what I can say is that Halloween since 1978, it has never, it has never lost its its touch. And yep. you know, let's just put it this way: you take, you know, you make some movies, you come out for a year. It always is absence makes the heart go fonder to come back. And that's what it is. You wait a few years and they want more. And they will come back. And that's what Halloween did. We've seen so many of them. I mean, we just love it. I mean, let's just face it. Jamie Lee Curtis will always be part of Halloween. We always want her. And she always wants to come back to it. And and she has. Most, and it's just amazing. At one point, I mean, there was a point, a point in time where she, where she was trying to distance herself from horror. Mm-hmm. So Donald Pleasance was the only one who was willing to come back. Right. Uh, but now, and but he and he came back for about for three more sequels mm-hmm. um, after the second one. Um, but then, uh, but then, but now actually, Jamie Lee has probably done more. Has actually done more movies than Pleasance has in mm-hmm. f- in five different decades. Wait, uh, one, two. And then four, five, six. That was plus. That was all plus. That was plus. He, he he passed away uh, during the middle of filming six, right? He, he, yeah, he felt he passed away after after uh, after six. Now he was the actor who played Doctor Loomis. Loomis, yes. yeah, so good. Uh, but uh, but and he was also one of Carpenter's regulars too. Right, uh, Escape from New York. He played the president. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And also, Prince <laughs> of Darkness played a priest. Right. Uh, actually, well, even Jamie Lee Curtis was also one of Carpenter's regulars too, because he had. Uh, the fog, you know, she did the fog. She did the fog. Right. Uh, she did. She was in. She did uh, narration for Escape from New York, and uh, I think also uh, she voices a computer in the thing too. Huh. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know she she did the, the that voice for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The only narration of uh, of Escape from New York. That's that's her voice. Oh, the yeah. uh, the island of Manhattan is now a prison. That was yeah, her. That was her. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. I didn't know that either. I know she did a voiceover cameo in Halloween Three. Like that was her <laughs> voice on the aircom. Then curfew, curfew. And you know what? That's another one that doesn't get a lot of love. The audiences wanted Mike, Michael Myers to return, My, but it's it's actually a really good standalone. Yeah, it's a good standalone. I do yeah. like Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. I do. I think it's it's gotten a cult following. Yeah, I think what they should have done. I think if I think if they, if uh, Carpenter wanted to go, Carpenter uh, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill wanted to go the anthology route, they should have started with the second movie. Yeah, and I think uh, season of the witch was inspiration for uh, the Goosebumps story, the haunted mask. Haunted mask yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Now Matt Roran. That's my theory. This now Matt like, Roran, would you do a cold cafe on Halloween season of the witch? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 not to not to shit on Michael Myers, but. It's probably my favorite of the franchise. I did. Get, I did get a chance to see because actually uh, a couple years ago, I did get a chance to see it on the big screen at night, over at Nighthawk. Oh, really? In Brooklyn, yeah. That's awesome. Along with uh, the first movie and the first two movies and four and five. I did see it, and I uh, like I mentioned, Dark Star and the Thing at Nighthawk. They they have great programming. I love those guys. Now they do uh, sell those three like, masks. They do sell oh, those three masks. <laughs> I hope- you own them? Let's see it. Let's see it, Thomas. <laughs> okay, I'd have to go into a different room in order to get them. No, no. <laughs> but it's like too small for my head. It's too small for my head. Oh, no. Yeah, and then you should watch that TV, that little TV commercial when it comes on and see if your head will explode with all those little nice little maggots. <laughs> 
if my head will melt into like snakes and spiders. Jesus. <laughs> so so wait, the Nighthawk is playing the original, original Halloween night. next Friday night. Good to know. Good to know. Okay. Because yeah, you and I we were fortunate enough to go to the the drive-in last last yeah. last fall, but it was like so foggy that we couldn't really see the screen. Oh, what, what is this we got? So we got Plus here, Thomas. Way into the pandemic, so yeah, yeah, it was a weird, it was a weird time. Oh, look what we got here, dude! I've got that same mask. It's too small for me, though. <laughs> wow. Oh, we got the oh, skull gosh. one too. Oh, perfect. Wait, do we have the witch? Oh, we do and, have the witch. Uh, All right. And I don't want to give audi uh, audiences a, a little spoiler, but. Halloween kills and it's in the trailer, so yeah. The trailer. Oh, it's okay, then, then there you go. Go see it and enjoy the uh, the reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did the same reference in the in Halloween twenty eighteen as well. We did see characters wearing yep. silver shamrock masks as well. I yep. love it. I love it. Yeah, we need we need more silver shamrock references in the. In the I want to know where like, they filmed that so, motel. Uh, I wonder where that motel is in the, like the filming locations. It's in, it's in it's in northern Cal it's in northern California like like north of San like 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 very northern like north of San Francisco. Mm. Okay, there's actually videos on YouTube of them um, at the Halloween three filming locations. I think, I think One of the videos actually has the director Tommy Lee Wallace in it. Yep, and I think they filmed part of uh, Back to the Future Part Three in that town too. Oh, I think I, you're talking about. I think it is. It's Jamestown, California. I think it is. Wait. Speaking of uh, Back to the Future, Matt, did, did we? Did you mention uh, what today is? October no, 21st? I did not. Everyone, today is it. October twenty first, which is yes. considered the day of Back to the Future Day. And if you can see what hat I'm wearing, it is <laughs> pays for part two of the two thousand fifteen. I love this hat. I do. Happy <laughs> Back to the Future Day, everyone. Happy, happy Back to the Future Day. Happy Future Day. And just, and just to tie things into our, to tonight's tonight's theme, mm -hmm. uh, back to the, the Back to the Future trilogy, uh, the cinematography was done by Dean Cunde, right. who is Carpenter's go-to cinematographer. Yeah, so it's all connected tonight, and I'm glad. Plus, both, plus both Halloween and Back to the Future were largely filmed in Pasadena. Interesting. Okay. And the one conversation that I had with uh, beloved uh, Crispin Glover. The star of Back to the Future, not the star, but one of them. Uh, but uh, my entire conversation with him was about how much we both admired and loved John Carpenter. No, wow, cool. I had a really long talk with him about John Carpenter, and uh, he was just like, he like he was just like going off. I'm like, how much he like? He's like, I was, I was thinking, I was thinking something together. Yeah, they never worked together. Huh? Yeah. And I, it's like, I think he was kind of like saying like, like, I would love to work with him, but it's like, kind of like, but it's like, I guess that time has passed. He hasn't really done much since, since the war in which, I mean, uh, but imagine if Christopher, if Christopher Glover had done both a Friday the 13th movie and a Halloween movie. Same <laughs> dance, different movie. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, um, but yeah, so I want to go back a little bit again. Uh, so we've got the the thing which kicks off the what was it the apocalypse uh, trilogy? Yes. Yeah. So you have that. You have the thing, and uh, then we get into Prince of Darkness, which again underrated film. Yes. Very atmospheric, very dark, and 
kind of combines uh, you know the supernatural with religion, mm-hmm. which was an interesting uh, thing to, to get into. Uh, and then the final film, the trilogy, In the Mouth of Madness, which um, yeah. I've mentioned this to you guys, it, it, it basically scarred me as a kid. <laughs> you know, I, I was like eight or nine when it uh, came I'm out. I was a little older when I saw it, so. Yeah, yeah, but I saw it in theaters, I remember that. I just remember Sam Neill with like these religious symbols um, um, written on his face. Yeah. And it, it, it's just really disturbing. Yeah. Um, Other came. <laughs> yeah, and oh, one of the creepiest scenes it's one take you see that the samuel and his friend are having lunch mm-hmm. and there's this like oh, a killer slowly walking towards them and then smash the window was yeah talking, isn't that will von holmberg no 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 he, he's later on in the small okay. town but this is this takes place in like the city oh right where right. they're having lunch in some restaurant oh yeah i remember right I remember and you that, can just yeah. see in the background this guy just with an axe slowly walking over to them that was so creepy and prime carpenter horror yeah so, you know, it was like probably his last like truly great movie definitely yeah he, he followed that up well he did the the village of the damned yeah. uh, which i personally didn't mind that movie it's good but it's like a remake it it it, it feels something's missing i yeah. agree i, I, I like the originality of carpenter's work yeah, it's, it's, been, I mean, you know, yeah. the thing's a remake but it feels yeah. like so carpenter I, you know, I didn't see it, and I, I'm ashamed to say that because I, I love Christopher Reeve, God rest his soul, and also um, Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah. Final film before his accident. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and also you know Mark Hamill and Kirstie Alley. Alley, yeah. Kirstie yeah. Alley is the what, is the love interest. I'm assuming. Uh, no. Oh. Oh. Okay. Okay. No spoilers. I, not a romantic <laughs> comedy, Randy. No, I didn't say comedy. <laughs> but that would be an interesting take. Um, <laughs> and then he followed that up with Escape from L.A. Guilty pleasure. Yeah. I wanted to love it. I really did. But it fell flat. <laughs> um, oh, no, and here's... Vampires. The, uh, vampires. 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 Yeah. James Woods. Was, yeah. Yep. James Woods good. is great in that, yeah. It <laughs> is a fun It is a fun And they it's won... Fun. Sequel, but that, that they did. Through. They did do sequels, but they went straight to video. You're right. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Was uh, one with uh, John John Bon Jovi. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that one. Yep, yep. Cool. I'm gonna have to revisit Vampires or jo- John Carpenter's Vampires as it's sometimes. I never so, seen yeah. that. I gotta see that. You know, it's a fun one. It's not. It's not. It's no. It's no from Dust Till Dawn, but it's. A, but oh. as far as. Ninety vampire flicks. It's 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 one of the it's one of the better ones. Well, I'm a huge fan of Woods. Um, he's such a unique actor. Uh, and what, another side note: The Hard Way, great action comedy. <laughs> I was gonna say video dr- video drone yeah, too. Video drone, yeah. Yeah, Salvador. Uh, great career. Very very unique actor. Uh, followed that. Follow vampires with Ghosts of Mars. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that is what yeah. I declare his worst movie. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, I mean, that's kind of that was kind of where he kind of hit rock, where he hit Thanks rock bottom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the cast is fantastic. The cast is it's fantastic. a great cast. Yeah. I, I remember seeing that in the theater when it came. I've out. never even heard of it. Being so disappointed. Yeah, I, like, yeah. It, it does not feel like a Carpenter movie at all. No. I feel like it could have been like any '90s sci-fi director. Like you know what, Matt. You know what? You should do a cold cafe on that film and see how many people come for it. 
it'll be it'll be as car maybe be as Carpenter Die Hard. Well, you know, it's funny. <laughs> Almost all the Carpenter movies I did sold out, with the exception of Starman. <laughs> and I was like, interesting. Even though Starman was one of his more financially successful yeah, movies, yeah. well, to say. I'm surprised by that. Well, actually, we, did we skip over? We, we skipped over Christine. Oh, okay. The yeah. Right behind me too. Uh, uh, <laughs> nice. And I, I, years about a decade ago, I t- I, I attended a screen a screenwriters workshop with Keith Gordon, okay. who played the owner of the car. Oh, that's cool. I'm actually uh, currently reading the book. So. <laughs> but it was, yeah, that, that was Carpenter's first and only. Because it seems like almost every 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 horror director in the eighties had to do a Stephen King movie, hmm. and that was and that was Carpenter's, and that was and Christine was Carpenter's. Uh, yeah. Take yeah. On. I Robin did Burke to Dead Zone. No. Craven right. <laughs> didn't do one. He should have done one. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was that's a, that was a mystery. Romero did well. Romero did uh, what was he? He did, did Creep Show. did Creep Show with yeah. Stephen King. I love Creep Show. Which watched that the other day. I know you're in the middle, or you were in the middle of uh, watching all of those, right? Yeah, I just uh, I'm on episode two of the new series, season one. I still haven't uh, watched the show yet. Yeah. How how is that, by the way? Uh, I mean, so far so good. Uh, I mean, the first it's so funny because the first episode they do uh, is the store. The first feature is Gray Matter, which was from um, Gray uh, Night Shift. As a oh. short story from from Night Shift. Which I just read like probably like early in the, early this year, and I'm like watching the mo- the show, and I'm like, I'm like, wait, I'm like, have I seen this already? Because I'm like, and it's like, oh no, I read this, and it's like they did a great job with that one. Um, you know but, what? Uh, I... Yeah, I'm like, two episodes in, it's, it's I, I, I'm enjoying it. You know what it's I miss is those those horror style comics like Creep Show that used oh, to be. Yeah. I miss those yeah. kind of comics. I wish yeah, they so the could Grams. recreate them. Vault of Horror, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of... in. It's, I mean, it's obviously 80s horror, so it kind of ties in with what we're discussing tonight, John Carpenter. But Creepshow, it's just that you don't get horror like that anymore. No. You know, like the first two... The anthology horror. I mean, the yeah. lot, I mean, we had, uh, you know, I, I love, like, you know, I, I did the, the binge of the whole Tales from the Crypt and all the movies... Uh, over the summer, uh, you nice. know what a great, a great franchise. And, um, Carpenter also did some episodes of Masters of Horror. Yes, Pro Life Anthology. Nice. Actually, uh, just picked up the John Landis uh, disc I, uh, <laughs> for a dollar. So uh, the the Masters of Horror he did. And what was um was Body Bags? Was that a was that a show? What was uh, that? that was a movie. Oh, actually, oh, he yeah, co-directed that. Toby Hooper. Oh, cool. Yep, and he co-host. Actually, Toby Hooper, and he also co- he also plays the uh, plays the uh, host, mm-hmm. kind of kind of like the crypt. He's kind of the crypt keeper of the yeah. of, oh, that's of the movie. That's cool. But that was made for that. But that was made for cable. Yeah. Yeah, and Carpenter has actually acted in a, in a number of his films as well. Yep, he has a small role in the Fog at right. the beginning, uh, uh, and. Uh, he also is the voice of Annie's boyfriend Paul in Halloween. He actually also has a helicopter's pilot license, and in memoirs again, he has a role—a brief moment where he's piloting a helicopter. He was also a helicopter pilot in, in something else, but uh, yeah. 
Yeah. He actually had a um, cameo in his um, remake of Village of the Damned, just as a guy in the background talking on a paved phone. <laughs> nice. I love that. Um, going back a little bit, The Fog. I just want to talk about this movie. Something about it. Yes, it's so. I like it's so. I, I love it. It's so simple. yet so yeah. effective. Right. Well, much like Halloween. Like all they oh. really did, what they need. They just played around with the lighting and have a fog mm-hmm. machine. Yep, and that's really the and, movie. Uh, and yeah. more piano, more piano music from Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Although this one, had, I feel like, has a much bigger cat, you know, much bigger cast. Yeah. Uh, you know, with Jamie Lee Curtis, Tom Adrian Barbeau is Adrian great. Barbeau, yes. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, John Carpenter was actually married to Adrian Barbeau at the time. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. She was in uh, Escape from New York as well, well. and. Uh, yeah, and uh, now their son, and now their son, now their son Cody, uh, yeah. records and tours with Carpenter. Right, right. Um, as far as what, what was it like seeing Carpenter live? Well, he well appropriate. Well, we, we saw him at Terminal Five in, in the sit in Manhattan. Right. And appropriately, he came in the first the first track he played was 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 the uh, Escape from New York theme. Oh, cool! Oh, nice! Hello. Oh, what a great intro! <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. Did he do the Halloween theme? Of course, of course. That was probably the easy. I mean, that's his signature. He closed the show out with that, right? No, that was more of a middle, middle, oh, of the, really? middle of the. I would have thought he finished uh, the, the show out with that. Okay. That's an encore track, man. That's an encore track. Right. <laughs> and he really loves the synthesizer. Like, that, yes. that's his thing. Well, he's like, the king, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his scores. I mean, that's like one one of the things at Cole Cafe. Like when I did a Carpenter film, I love doing them, like splicing his scores in with me other other songs. Yeah, I, I absolutely love, and it's funny. Uh, it's like one thing. Name, I, admire, I mean, Carpenter's probably my all-time. Is Carpenter's my all-time favorite filmmaker? Yeah. That's the thing I admire about him is that he wears so many hats, like yeah. writer, yeah. director, actor, yeah. uh, composer. He wants. He's a man know, of many hats. He wants like complete control, like artistic control, and just give it to him because he's he's brilliant. Yeah, well, it was like for the thing that was his first uh, like studio picture. He didn't have time because of all the restrictions the studio was giving him. So he didn't have time to score his own film. So it was oh. kind of like, he was like very like, oh, I want to score it, but I can't. I don't have time. But then they get a like, like Ennio Morricone. Yeah. Yeah. So you get like, the, like I mean, the master. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's like, at the time, I mean, he was like the king of scores. Yeah, really good. And I want to also mention, Phil, in terms of... Day, in terms of creativity and creative control, they offered him uh, Santa Claus the movie in 1985, I want to say. That came out, what, was that 85 or was it 84? Maybe 84, it was mid-80s, and they basically, they, they wanted him to direct, but then he's like, I want to do this, I want to do that, uh, and then they dropped yeah. it, they like, they, so, you know, never mind, we, we'll, we'll get someone else. From what I understand, his, his working on, working on, on, working on Big Troll in Little China, it's, and it's subsequent uh, failure at the box office, mm-hmm. Is what turned him off from working with the stu- working with uh, working with the studios. Right. Though Memoirs was Warner Brothers. It's, 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 a, it's a weird era where uh, they asked John Carpenter to do Santa Claus the movie. Two, it's a, like a year after uh, Return of the Jedi, which Lucas originally uh, asked David Lynch to direct it, and then when David Lynch said no, he asked David Cronenberg. Wow. And David Grunberg said no. Imagine the, there are two separate universes. <laughs> two very, very fucked up Return of the Jedi's. <laughs> I, I mean, one where the Ewoks are dancing midgets, 
and and one where they're like attached to your heart. <laughs> I'll go with the Cronenberg Jedi. Why not? Why not? Be a lot darker for sure. Um, oh God, I love the eighties. The eighties. <laughs> let's just let's just put it this way. The 80s is a golden era with the with some of the greatest movies that we love. The 90s were great too, but let's just face it. We were, like even though we were so yeah. young, the 80s is the decade. I feel like, I feel like the 80s was, the gold, was kind of was the gold, was a golden age for for like for uh, genre movies, uh, genre movies and popcorn films. Whereas the 90s was more of a golden age for indie films. I think yeah. it was a combination of of great storytelling and technology. Yeah, a lot of a lot of risk taking, a lot of experimenting, right? And uh, you know, like you know, thinking. I mean, just thinking of of makeup artists and like mm-hmm. practical effects in the eighties. I mean, yeah. that's what made half these movies great is is the practical effects. Yes, and, you know, once once we you know the nineties after you know Jurassic Park, people started relying so heavily on. You know, computers to do everything. That you know, we kind of lost that. Yeah, but uh, the '80s basically saw the the beginning of CGI, and mm-hmm. you know, I think towards the late '80s with like with movies like Cocoon, Cocoon and the Abyss. The Abyss, yeah, yeah the Abyss really. That was like the end of that era. Cameron and his love for that liquid metal. Yeah, <laughs> that morphing technology. I don't yeah. know, but. Yeah. Um, all right, back to Carpenter. What do we got? We got uh, Prince of Darkness. For some reason, just lingers around in my in my head. Something like that. That green uh, uh, cancer. It was yeah. A, what, 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 that was supposed to be the Satan, right? That was the devil in green liquid ooze. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so basically, you're so basically the turtle. Basically, the Ninja Turtles and Splinter <laughs> are Satan. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy that for a dollar. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that movie's crazy. And well, Aerosmith played, not Aerosmith, was it Aerosmith? Alice Cooper. Cooper. Alice Cooper, he played like a, like a hobo. Oh. Yeah, like a psychotic ho- homeless guy. He was more, I think he was possessed. Oh. I think that's what happened. Okay. Oh, God. And also, you, but also you had uh, some carryovers from Big Trouble China, including uh, Victor, who was it, Victor Wong? Yeah. And uh, Dennis, uh, what's his name? His last Dennis Dung or uh, oh, the 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 kind of like Jack Burton's sidekick. Well, even though even though real in reality Jack Burton was the sidekick. <laughs> How it's so weird that he followed that oh, he big trouble in time with with Prince of Darkness. Huh? Oh, I should be the trouble. I should be the little guy. Uh, big big trouble and little shot. Yeah, well, I mean it's basically because it, it, you know it didn't do as well. That's that's done. Okay, sorry, Matt. What? Well, it didn't do as well in the box office, so he he made that that abrupt turn back to horror. And, you yeah. know, it's probably the most horror horror movie he's done. You know, it's like straight up horror-wise. I mean, a lot of the other stuff is sci-fi based, but... Yeah. I'd say, after, well, aside from Halloween, The Fog is yeah. pretty... The and, Fog is yeah. the fog. natural. Yeah, but there's, I think... Whereas, I feel like The Prince of Dark... I feel like... And uh, also, even also Christine's Supernatural, too. Right. Uh, where uh, and Prince of the Darkness kind of just throws everything at the wall. You've got the devil, the supernatural. Yeah, I think it's more of just, it's more of a super supernatural thriller. I wouldn't say horror. Yeah. Um. But uh, Thomas, 
obviously you're you're a horror guy you're an expert in the genre what is your favorite um favorite carpenter uh, horror movie <laughs> well i got quite a few i mean some of my favorites are halloween the thing christine yes um prince of darkness and the mouth of madness and um they live was also really good yes and, they live yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, heck, with They Live, like, you know, we got a very famous line from Rowdy Rowdy Piper with that, I'm here here to kick ass and chew bubblegum. I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> I wish, yeah, man, I wish, I wish that, for the, I wish that Rowdy Rowdy Piper had had a, had a, had a bigger film career. And yeah. uh, he done more, him and Carpenter had done more movies together. I met Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I was, that was one of my favorite favorite moments at Big Apple Con in 2016. That was the blast yeah. meeting him. I think that was the year I met him too at, at uh, Monster Mania in Jersey. It was like uh, a yeah, super nice guy. Both him and uh, uh, Keith David. I was uh, David uh, Keith. He's another Carpenter regular. Yeah. But uh, the, great classic moment uh, that just fizzled out. Uh, the two of them uh, fucking, uh, he's waiting for an elevator. Uh, Roddy Roddy Piper waiting for the elevator. The elevator opens up, and it's Keith David. And everyone in the lobby just turned and looked, and it was like they were gonna fight for like an hour. But they just kind of like nodded their heads and switched places in the elevator, and everyone was just like, oh, like it was just like everyone was like, oh my god, but. <laughs> we didn't get a we didn't get a thirty minute they live fight. Oh, well, was Roddy Rowdy Piper um, always considered for the role, or were other wrestlers considered? Do you guys know? Uh, curious. I wouldn't be surprised if if this, if this was at my point. Oh God! I would not be surprised if at one point it, would, it might have been considered as a Kurt, another Kurt Russell vehicle. Yeah. Right. I could have seen that. Not to mention this, I know how this is. I'm, I know I'm going off with Rowdy Roddy Piper, but if you have, you know, The Goonies, which is another great, uh, which is another great film from the '80s, in the music video, um, "Good Enough" from Cyndi Lauper, they actually have a bunch: Captain Lou, Rowdy yes. Roddy Piper. Yeah, all the WWE stars. Uh, of the time. <laughs> <WWE> <laughs> of the time. But uh, yeah, they're all in it. nice about with John Carpenter you work hard enough where they're coming to him and that's mm -hmm. yeah. yeah well heck um yeah. John Carpenter was actually originally going to direct Halloween 2 but he um turned that down because he personally didn't want to do a sequel to Halloween despite yeah. he left open ending at the end like I mean, just that open ending because he just thought that was actually scarier to like yeah. you know yeah. to go back I mean, he confessed to writing Halloween 2 while drinking a six-pack at two in the morning, <laughs> which is yeah. well, which is how we ended up getting the getting the whole twist about Michael and Lo Michael Myers and Laurie Strode being siblings. Yeah, well, it worked. It was a very scary, gory horror film. So, yeah. 
Um, well, he did direct actually a little bit of reshoots in um, Halloween too. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, yeah, because like you know, I've I heard that like um, the original cut of the movie, which was directed by Rick Rosenthal, like he felt that it was a little too tame, so he wanted the the gore to be up to bit, so yeah, he just he directed slasher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he just directed like you know a couple of little things like that scene um, where where uh, Michael kills that girl in the house, just stabs her. Like that oh, was yeah, great. Yeah. Carpenter. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to go back a little bit because he was rumored to uh, direct Firestarter in 1981. I uh, think no, <laughs> later. Yeah, exactly. I think he would have been a much. I think he would have been a much better director. He would have, he would have made a much better movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, like I mentioned, Santa Claus the movie. This was, he was actually also going to originally direct Exorcist three. Yep. I mean, I was pretty happy with how Exorcist three turned out, but I think he would have been. He would have been a good too. Um, here's one that I literally just found out today. Top Gun. Uh, they offered him the. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he should, I mean, he's demonstrated himself to be a capable action director, but oh, yeah. I couldn't see him doing Top Gun. Yeah, he, he just it's, 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 he would have probably had to have changed so much of the script. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, no, no, definitely not this. No, no, definitely not. We did get Tony Scott, which was a pretty good. Uh, Goose is going to be our star. Uh, <laughs> uh, you probably would take that volleyball scene. <laughs> um, the Golden Child, which I mentioned earlier. Yeah, this is a funny one. Armed and Dangerous. The John oh. Andy, Eugene Levy comedy. That's two movies in a row that he got replaced by Mark Ryan. Huh. Yeah, that was a pretty terrible movie, though. But, and, and, and twice, Mark L. Lester replaced Carpenter. Made made a terrible movie. Yeah. Uh, Halloween Four. Yeah, I remember reading about this. It was, his his version was supposed to be a lot more psychological than the final movie did. It turned mm-hmm. out to be. And originally, Canon Films was going to do it. No. Do you guys know the the, the beef or the issue with uh, the Akkad family and Carpenter? They they own the rights to. I, I believe the Akkad family owns the franchise. Owns yeah. the franchise. That's like their. It's like their family business, and so right. I'm sure the family Halloween business ends, with the franchise of Halloween. Yeah, and I'm sure. Yeah, like, like, I'm, I'm sure, even though Halloween ends is supposed to be like the end of Michael and Laurie, I'm sure. I, I say, get, wait, in a few years, the Akkads are going to bring it back. Are going to oh, bring yeah. it back. Much like how, like, okay, so I don't want to spoil anything about No Time to Die, but no. okay, but like, the, but James Bond is the Broccoli family's business, yeah, and yeah. so wait a few years, Bond will be back. Oh sure, yeah. Well, that's how, uh, like, uh, how I was saying, absence makes the heart go fonder, and you yeah. want more of it. Like, have yeah. this, we have seen this with Halloween. Um, I'm sure Freddy, uh, Freddy Krueger is going to be due for a new one. I don't, I don't know if the Freddy will ever happen because unlike because unlike Michael or Jason, Freddy Freddie has a face and a voice mm-hmm. and that's that are impossible that's, to replace. That's Robert Englund. You Robert can't right. and anyone can play anyone can play Michael Myers. Anyone can play Jason. And I mean they've been played by already several different people, you know. And I mean, well, every movie has been a pretty much a different Michael and a different Jason. I mean yeah. Yeah, it was was Jason for what, three movies? But four movies. Yeah. Four. Yeah. yeah. Four. Uh, but also, but also, because uh, Wes, Wes Craven's Wes Craven's estate owns the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, mm-hmm. so they have final say on what on what, on the direction of the franchise that, that it goes in from here on out. Good. <laughs> so we, we'll I'm, see what happens. 
And let's not just face absence makes a heart go fonder. And actually, we have been absent for this for over 30 years of what's going to be coming out in November, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh-huh. Pretty excited for that. Um, but that's another episode, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Because um, I, I wanted to go down this list because some really interesting movies. Yeah, Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction was almost directed by John Carpenter, so that's that could have been good. Yeah, I could have seen it. Oh, I don't know. Because I, I always the fatal ending of Fatal Attraction always pissed me off. So I don't know if it, it would have been any better. No, actually, no. now that I think about it, I don't know if it would have been any better. Exorcist Three, like you mentioned, yeah. Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, that would have been a fun one. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know. Maybe Nineteen Ninety Two would have been a, an interesting time for that. And but he ended up doing another Universal, another Universal monster in the Invisible Man, and that was the same year as uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yep, and then two. Okay, Tombstone. Okay, Tombstone would have been a good one because first of all he would have been reunited with kurt russell right second right. of all kurt, uh carpenter has said himself has said he did not intend to be a horror director he wanted to make western yeah. because he was well, a huge howard hawks fan well he kind of he came close with the soul on period 13, 13 so that was and, his, and his, even, his well, well even well even big trouble in little china was also yeah. in the sense of like a, 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 a contemporary western yeah that's true um escape from mars so that was supposed to be a Snake Plissken sequel. Really, yeah, it was really going to but be. But it, it yeah. turned out to be it was rewritten into Ghost of Mars. Mars. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I, <laughs> I'm like, oh man, what would that movie be like with Snake Plissken in it? I love it. I love it. Yeah. I, I might have liked it more than L.A., but we'll we'll never know, or maybe we will know in the future. Um, Godzilla. John Carpenter has stated that he's a huge fan of the original '50s film and wanted to do his own version. Uh, sadly, that never happened. We got a the, um, the Rowan Emmerich version in '98. Yeah. I kind of like it. It's it's really stupid fun. Mm. Uh, the visual effects are pretty good, though. Uh, as is David Arnold's score. Uh, the but, only thing I liked in that is that that they trashed the garden. <laughs> yeah, I've spoken like a true Islander fan. <laughs> Um, and in 2014, they has uh, Godzilla reboot, which we know now as the Godzilla and the Monsters uh, yeah. universe. Uh, Halloween H20. H2O. Yeah. Uh, he was, yeah, he, they wanted to bring him back to direct it because for the 20th anniversary, but he wanted a hot, he wanted, he wanted $10 million because he didn't make a dime off the original. Yeah, so that was his compensation. Which I can, I, I can understand why. I can understand. I guess he was a little bitter. It's like, okay, it's been 20 years, where's my money? But uh, you know now now he's got plenty. But now I think he's got he's got that he's got enough money that he he's willing to come that he's willing to come back he's he's come back to the franchise. Yeah. And or he's got more success now as a as a as a as a recording artist. Right. His and, uh, his, his role now for the films is the executive producer. I think. Yeah. Or consultant. And he also does music. Yeah, of course. Um, early two thousands, they wanted to do a sequel to Vampires. That would have been good. Well, they did it, but it was a direct to video. And I don't think Woods was involved. No. Or bon jo- it was John Bon Jovi. But uh, Tommy Lee Wallace, who was a frequent collaborator, took over for no. Carpenter. Actually, him and actually him, the two of them and uh, Nick Castle, who played Michael Myers in the first movie, had a little had a little uh, a little band together, Coupe de Ville. Okay. They did. They performed the the closing theme song for Big Troll Little China. China. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's there's fun. even a music video. There's even a music video on YouTube. Cool. Cool. And over the so the last feature film that Carpenter did, I believe, was The Ward with Amber Heard, two thousand ten. So it's been eleven years. Yeah, which even he said 
in, in a Q&A that I was at uh, in 2011, said, uh, yeah, don't even bother seeing it. Even Carpenter was like, don't bother seeing it. Wow. Yeah, I had to go on, no, I think I had to go on, like, YouTube no to find a copy yeah. of it. Yeah, that's personally what I think was his worst movie. I know a lot of people think yeah. Ghost of Mars was his worst, but... I personally think yeah. the war is. Well, actually, I was. I would say Ghost of Mars was kind of like second to second to worst, maybe. Yeah, Ward was just. Uh, I just it's not memorable. Yeah, just yeah. This young girl yeah. running. Yeah. In general, it felt like it was just a low budget rip off of Shutter Island. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, heck, it had the same plot twist as Shutter Island. Yeah. Do you guys think Carbonell beat will return to his glory? Uh, I. Uh, I hope this, this so. It would be nice to get one more movie out of him, but I yeah. don't know at this point. I yeah. he's really. He's I'd, just, I'd like to see him and Kurt Russell do one more movie. Yes. Together. One more. If one he more, can do yeah, one more. thing, I would love it if he could bring back to it, um, direct the remake of Big Trouble in Little China. Do do the uh, Escape from New York, Big Trouble in Little China crossover. There actually was a Snake Plissken, Jack Burton comic book crossover. Oh, okay. I didn't author it. But put it on the screen. We need to see this in action. Know, actually, right? no, 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 I, pleasure, man. I got I got this. A crossover with Big Trouble Little China, Escape from New York, and The Last Dragon. <laughs> now that would be a crossover film. Maybe. No, but I, I really had high hopes for for Dwayne Johnson as uh, as Jack Burton. I think that would have been you know predictable, but also a lot of fun at the same time. That that project got scrapped, right? It's like in limbo, or it's like they they yeah maybe they dropped it because I you know Jungle Cruise. I really enjoyed Johnson's performance. I thought he was really funny. Uh, yeah, he, I mean he's a perfectly good you know you know he's he's every bit as good as. Any 80s action star, you know? He has really come a long way. Very successful in in the wrestling ring, which I indeed saw his last match at WrestleMania 29. (laughs) But he has came a long way. I I loved him um, in in the movie. I actually enjoyed The Tower. That was actually a nice little... A little Do you mean film. Uh, Skyscraper? Skyscraper, yes. Oh, God, I forgot that movie existed. I saw that in the theater. Yeah, so, oh, I, I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't think I don't know, I, when I think, when I think, I don't know, when I think of uh, Skyscraper, I think of this, like, schlocky, low-budget uh, guy hung with yeah. Anna Smith. And so, I mean, like, a moment in his career, we I felt like he was just going to be typecast in, like, sport movies because you always see him in football, but then he really branched out. And then he played the Tooth Fairy, you know, it was yeah. different. <laughs> The pacifier. And no, he's, was, that, was that Vin Diesel or him? That was Vin, Vin Diesel. Get it right. <laughs> no, no um, but yeah, he's very funny and he's very charismatic. So he's like the new Arnold. Uh, yeah, but, you know. So it's fine. P- people like to see that, and they keep making that those types of movies. So people see. Him. Um, but yeah, as for Carpenter returning to his glory, I, I think. He's past his prime. I agree. Love it. Well, I feel like a lot of horror direct, a lot of the horror directors from that, from that era are. But with but once we're still alive at least. But with his output in the seventies and eighties alone, he's a legend. Gold, that was a gold. Yeah, yeah. that was. Yeah. I'd say like those movies alone, like Carpenter. Well, Halloween is one of those movies that made me want to make movies. Hmm. And but just for and just for his body and that and his body of work from Dark Star all the way to They Live. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, like all that cements 
him as my favorite as my favorite collector of all time. Now, aside from Carpenter, actually for tonight, I was thinking of also discussing uh, John Landis, who's one of my other favorite uh, horror directors. But I figured for the sake of horror, um, Carpenter is more uh, appropriate because he's. He has a lot yeah. more uh, act, uh, horror and films. He's never been a, and he's never been a, he's never been he's never murdered anyone. <laughs> also, also, he's never also he's never been uh, been in, been in any trouble for touch for child endangerment. Yeah. <laughs> you mean the manslaughter charges after Twilight Zone the movie? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. It was interesting uh, if, if you've seen the uh, the episode uh, of uh, the movies that made us about coming to America. They like go kind of deeper into the Landis like trial than I had heard in a lot of things uh, because you know it was the first movie he did after like the, the trial yeah. and like no one wanted to hire but like Eddie Murphy was like no I want him on this like so he did Spies Like Us in between yeah, Spies yeah. Like Us was in 85 the incident happened I think in 83 or 83 82 82 83 well yeah. it was in 83 right yeah so and and Spies Like Us is one of his funniest movies, in my opinion. Actually, actually I thought Twilight Zone was eighty four because I remember eighty three no, was trading places. That it's eighty three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Eighty four. I guess he was tied up with the legal uh, yeah stuff. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> but I love. Oh, sorry, Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do want to actually mention that I actually did meet John Carpenter a few years ago. Met him at um, Monster Mania, and wow. I mean, it was awesome. I mean. He, he wasn't really much of a talker, I'm going to say. So yeah. He was pretty quiet, but, like, um, I do remember when I got his autograph, I got his autograph on this, like, this, like, um, Halloween poster, and he, like, you know, when he saw the design, he was, like, beautiful. And, yeah, he's like, for me, of course. He must have been smoking like a chimney. <laughs> I've noticed that about him. I've noticed oh, that about smoker. Yeah. Was he nice? Yeah, he was a cool guy. I mean, his price was pretty expensive. But, well, I would know, expect that. How much does he charge for an autograph? Oh, like, how much does he charge for an autograph and a picture? Sixty. Like, you know, okay. and they, yeah, yeah pricing yeah. though. That's not bad, actually. How's that? That's what we pay. That's what we pay. That's what we pay for Amy Steele at. Uh, Sixty at, is at Yeah, I, I paid that for, yeah. for Billy Zane. Yeah. That's like the standard. That's like a. Uh, yeah, I, I met him in 2011. I think he was charging seventy at the time. So it's good to see you went down ten dollars. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, I mean, he was very nice. Hey, my friend, any, anything, my friend Bob, who of course uh, Forrest knows, Bob Ackman. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I don't put him on, on his film. <laughs> but I went, I went to with my friend Bob, and Bob paid for the autograph. Uh, I just uh, shook his hand and talked to him. So, <laughs> but he, he was nice. Hey, anything uh, under a hundred dollars, I think is worth it except for when you have like some people that you just like um just shut up and take my money i don't care um and some people like we can probably say is like christopher lloyd or <laughs> christopher lloyd would be amazing um, or steven spielberg yeah spielberg i would i would pay good money spielberg tom hanks Michael Keaton, Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. There's others. There's a lot of others, but those are like the ones that stand out. But yeah, I love it. So yeah, John Carpenter, guys. Uh, you really, we can't say enough about him. He's, he's a legend, and I just hope he's my hero. Yeah, 
I hope they that they don't keep ma- remaking his movies into into trash movies. And Unfortunately, that has happened. That's been the trend. For let's the past not let's not be putting this. Rob Zombie, uh, I I don't I I gotta say for how they did, and I, I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil Rob Zombie's Halloween right here in I a mean, moment. It's been 14 years, so hey, hey, Rob Zombie spoiled everything by making <laughs> Halloween. So for the how like in this kind of way of like bringing up the upbringing, like just focusing more on Michael Myers, that was okay, but I, I don't know, it just didn't make the feel. And the, then the whole sequel was just all screwed up, and seeing ghosts and everything, um, seeing a white, seeing a white horse. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. It didn't make yeah, any it sense, and I'm I'm glad that the rights of it went went to like Universal or Miramax, and, and right. in oh, more that's... better. Who has it? Miramax did did the zombie movies too under under, under Dimension. Yeah. Yeah, the mention uh, they acquired the rights for the sixth film, right? For Curse. Uh, yeah, they yeah they did because yeah they did every yeah they did every every movie from Curse up until the zombie movies. Right, right. Um, yeah, the rights of that franchise are kind of all over the pl- are, all, are all over the place. But I think the the Akkad or Ak- but yeah but yeah Akkad the Akkad family the Akkad family owned the own yeah. own the rights to the franchise. I mean, but it's just that the rights the, the the distribution rights are tied up with. With various studios, mm-hmm. but the Akkads own the rights to the whole franchise. Right. Yeah. An interesting thing, like since we mentioned the zombie movies, is that John Carpenter has like you know kept quiet for years about what uh, his opinion on on the Rob Zombie movies. Like he kept that yeah. quiet for years up until he decided to come back as an executive producer on Halloween 2018. And after he came back, he came out and admitted actually he thought um, Rob Zombie's Halloween movies were terrible, and so he didn't like any of those, and he. Um, it did cause actually a bit of a rift between him and Rob Zombie because they've been friends for years, and so that caused a bit of a rift in their um, I mean, friend. But since then, they've patched things up, so they're they're on good terms. Well, I was gonna say, White, white Zombie. I mean, uh, White uh, White Zombie sampled uh, has has like uh, White Zombie's cover of Boogie of I'm Your Boogeyman has samples from from Halloween. Yeah. And also, I mean, I know what Rob Zombie's up to. We're gonna be—he's gonna be doing a Monsters movie. Monsters, I, I saw the picture. I don't know how it's gonna be. That just—that um, thought it just leaves a, a sour right. taste. Yeah. All, I know is, all I know is that if he, if he makes it like a straight, if he makes it like a straight, makes it like a like a straight up Main Street like like a, like a commercially accessible comedy and not like one of his trailer trash. Yeah, and I feel like he's—I feel like he's too stuck in his comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm hoping that this will will bring him out of his comfort zone. Yeah, and yeah it'd be nice to see him do it justice, like because it's like it, it's like there's nothing worse than someone taking a, a a great property and then like changing it, like like take Tim Burton's fucking god awful Dark Shadows. Uh, yeah, that was you just take a something movie. that would have been amazing as a Tim Burton dark drama. Mm. Like it originally was, it was a soap opera. He could have done great things with it. Instead, he made it like, oh, it's a joke. Yeah. Like you, you can't flip it like that. It doesn't, you know. So you can't turn the monsters, hopefully, into like, come on, grandma, we're gonna kill them rednecks downstairs. Like, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it's gonna do well at all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hear it's I mean, I'm sure it's great. <laughs> but the thing is, the monsters have never had that cultural 
cachet that the Adams family have. Right. right. Sort of like the Lester. It's, it's had a, a couple bad uh, TV spinoffs, but, you know, they've never made a, a motion picture before, which is surprising. That well, they were in the movie. They did do some monster movies, like Monster Go Home. Oh, like, right, but like, um, you know, like post, like the original cast, like, like the fact that, like, I mean, when I was a kid, there was a resurgence because of Nick at Night. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised yeah. that that because you know they did the Adams Family around that time. I'm surprised there was no like '90s Monsters movie. No. Besides, I mean, the world they were like the made for TV. Yeah, I was there was a made for TV Monsters movie in the mid '90s, which was really bad. But uh, yeah. but like, I'm surprised like no one like uh, you know Barry Sonnenfeld did a <laughs> yeah. I'll tell John Carpenter would have been ideal for a right? monster for a Monsters movie. It's so good, but we're not going to get that. We're going to get Rob Zombie. But for Zombie, he says this is a passion project for him, so. I'm really hoping he makes this. He better do it I'll justice. Talk, make, yeah, do justice. Make it. Don't make it a comedy. Do not make it a. Because it's it's also like if you're a fan of something like, I don't see why you would like like if you're a fan of Halloween, why would you make the Rob Zombie Halloween like? It just doesn't make sense to me that like I'm a fan of this thing. Let me destroy it. Like, <laughs> it, but if you, it's like the same thing. If you want to do like a remake. Stick to the, like the history of it. You want to yeah. you want to freshen it up. If you want to expand on it, fine. That's cool. Yeah, but like, don't just like. It's like you move into this beautiful house and you're like, all right, let's knock down every single wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right. Let Let's just put it this way. The um, I'm gonna let me put a good view. Uh, the Adams Family in 1990. We know it was a TV show, so they remade the Adams Family. In the '90s, and it's great. I I love those two films, Adam's Family yeah, and Adam's Family Values. They worked. They were they were funny. They were entertaining, yeah. and they were they were tr- truthful. You know, uh, yeah, it, it held it held the identity of Charles Adams cartoons. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They were just fun. And yeah. you know, even right now, they're they're remaking it again. But you know, it's an animated film, but it it just shows from the TV show, and it's working. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I haven't. I mean, I haven't seen it, but you know what? I, I wouldn't mind one. seeing it. I saw the first one too. It's cute. I thought yeah. well, they were I saw, good. They were good. Yeah, I, I think, although, although I will say, I, th- I think uh, make, making it anime, uh, you know, casting Oscar Isaac and Charlize Theron as Gomez and Morticia, and not making it live action was a wasted opportunity. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, why are we not seeing Oscar Isaac in real life? Like, like he is perfect. perfect. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, well, okay, guys. I think. Um, we, we veered off the track a little bit here, <laughs> but um, I just want to say Carpenter, you know, John Carpenter is a legend uh, in horror and sci-fi, and those watching and listening, um, you know, check out his stuff, especially late 80s into the late, late, late 70s up into the late 80s, and Memoirs of an Invisible, 1992. Mm-hmm. Fun movie. Um, but yeah, uh, Matt Haberman, back to you, sir. And to this alone, right now, back to me as Kid Champagne. Thank you um, tonight, Randy. And to this, we salute to a great director and composer and just one great overall artist, um, the architect of the Halloween franchise, um, Mr. John Carpenter. We salute you. We pop the champagne to you, to John Carpenter. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers.
Uh, I wanna I wanna thank Randy for hosting for taking lead host tonight. Um I thank you. Um it's been it's been great talking about John Carpenter and thanks for a great addition on this horror month here at Nostalgia Time with Kid Champagne. I also wanna thank our guests for joining us this evening. Uh Mr. Forrest Bennett, thank you for joining on Nostalgia Time. Uh also the Head of Cold Cafe, Matt Roaring, thank you for coming on as well. We are glad to have you on. And um, our next host um, next week uh, on Nostalgia Time for Horror Month, our lead host will be shifting over to um, the great Thomas Puglisi, big horror buff. And I know we got a great topic that you're going to be talking about. Um, I'm really excited for this. Would you like to do the honors for what you're going to be talking about? Well, we're going to be talking about the Nightmare on Elm Street series next. Nice. Yeah, it's a um, series I was hoping we were going to do last year, but weren't able to do. And so I'm really excited that we're going to be doing this this year. I mean, it's one of my favorite franchises. Created by my favorite um, art directors, Wes Craven. Mm. And like, and you, Forrest, you're invited if you'd like to come on. And sorry, you, Matt. I, I'm excited for it. It's going to be a great show, and hopefully um, this horror month is going to be good. So um, thank you again for um, coming in, and also please don't forget to watch Unger the Radar, which is on Mondays at 11 a.m. on the um, Manhattan Neighborhood Network. You can also on cable TV channels, Fios 34, RCN 83, and Spectrum 56 and 1996. And you can hear, and you can hear, you can listen to me weekly on a podcast called Inside Movies Galore. We're live every Tuesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Nice. And so, and so it is until next time. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for listening. This is, I am Kid Champagne signing off.